two months ago after uh, they had his uh, Freedom Revolution uh, event out in Florida. This girl named Gloria Sherin comes on. She healed herself with a jab using urine therapy. And then within two weeks, I'm interviewing her and we had 25 people sharing the screen and everybody seems to be lining up, you know, and moving these messages out in a timely fashion. Oh my God, she really did? She beat the MRNA damage? It does that? Yeah, she beat it and she started social media groups that are growing exponentially every day. Oh my God, that is so good to know. Today on the podcast, we will drink deep of a true pioneer and leader in alternative healing, Brother Sage. Perhaps you've seen a suggested video or two featuring his unique story. Sage is one of a few leaders in the growing movement of Orin or urine therapy, the free and ultimate effective partaking internally and externally of medicine produced from the body's own cistern or bladder. Have you ever wondered why this lost cure-all has been stifled in so many cultures, especially the suppressed West? How did the ancient people survive without the use of a pharmacy drugstore on every corner like we have today? Get ready for a real treat. Brother Sage, the Click Here interview. This is Art Stemmel. Hang loose because after the message in the song that follows right now, written by Sage and performed by Matt Senna, we will begin the ultimate interview on this lost art. Sure, there's juice and coffee and tea. Yet for this modern man, this body thrives on pee. Sickness cannot touch me, nor can aging. The water of life has got its own divine timing. So let it flow, drink as much as you can. Discover why I'm a pee-drinking man. It knows when to serve you the perfect blend of ultra-filtered nutrients. The finest nectar of immortality No money can buy it It's orin for me So let it flow Drink as much as you can Discover why I am a pee-drinking man Yes, so let it flow Drink as much as you can Discover why I'm a pee-drinking man Well, a pee-drinking man may not be the common of men, yet his youthful energy and appearance is attractive and sweet, oh, again and again, again and again. So let it flow, drink as much as you can, discover why I'm a pee-drinking man. So you can discover why I am a pee-drinking man. Discover it. Brother Sage. Little background information about him. His passion is and always will be love, healing, and self-mastery. 
a wellness practitioner since 1979, the best-selling author of The Manual for Urine Therapy Teachers. Came out in 2020. Healing Water from Within in 2018. The Inescapable Book, the 2017 series, Inescapable Quotes with Inescapable Art, 2017. And Hemp Live Food Vegan Recipes, 1995. Number six is a manual for urine therapy teachers and therapists. <laughs> yeah, uh, 2020. And now, those books are already out there, and they're on Amazon right now, and they are on discount until the end of September. And you'll hear more details about that during the interview. Brother Sage built his wellness practice and writing reputation along with facilitating self-healing and transformation sessions for over 39,000 clients by providing ancient and modern healing modalities. He founded the You're Worth It movement in 1980 and became the father of the Hemp Sprouts movement in 2014. Without further ado, let's welcome in Brother Sage. Aloha and welcome. Thank you for having me on your show, Art. It's a joy to be with you today. Well, it is just a pleasure to talk to you. I've been watching you in the peripheral. I've been watching some of your, um, by by after they're recorded and uploaded to YouTube, uh, sessions that you do, your school, your university of, could we call it the University of P, jokingly, um, and, and all the information you've been sharing. And now, finally, we get to get you on and, and, and talk to you live about some of this stuff. It's just amazing how the human body produces what it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, the creator put it together with blueprint instructions and the memory of what perfection is in a cell, in a body, in a gut, in a brain. And we just have to be able to access that pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. It, it just endorphins, endogenous morphines or endorphins. Uh, serotonin, dopamine, uh, all these, uh, you know, original nanoparticles that come to the rescue of us every day. You know, you get new skin, uh, the blood purifies itself if your body's working properly. And now here's this resurgence emergence of an ancient old therapy that we've had for thousands of years. But in the West, it's kind of new. And that is, of course, urine therapy, orin therapy as it's been called what what is that word orin where does it originate from orin is a word and i'd love to share some other words that are used instead of urine which is a medical sounding disgusting word but orin is a softer word more inviting word that was presented to the world in in the 2010s 2012 by andrew norton weber who was a pioneer in his own way about distilled water and urine therapy so he says orin is a softer word uh, it more expresses what uh, the essence or the vibration of uh, this golden water is. As a matter of fact, here's an interesting note for the people who are listening to this, that if you if you go to Wikipedia and you look up Aquaman, you're familiar with Aquaman, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Read further into the paragraphs, into the content on this Wikipedia page about Aquaman, and you'll discover that his original name was Orin. Hmm. So it's the god of the sea and orin is the divinity that comes through our bladder our sea oh that's i love that i'm an etymologist lover i love origins beginning beginnings and that is fascinating and and you know it's dc comics yeah. right somebody there's got a brain writing about this stuff all the time yeah they either researched it or have a great imagination or who cares it's lovely <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to actually go there right now and look at it as we keep talking about this. 
uh, Hawaii and by way of Colorado, right, Brother Sage? Tell us, before Colorado even, tell us your background. Where are you from? What woods you come from? I'm originally from a desert border town called El Paso, Texas. And I grew up learning what it's like to be on a border town with two different cultures and, and two different ways of, of uh, being in relationship with each other in the land. And I ended up in Austin, Texas, where at one point in my life I was painting Willie Nelson's motel with a buddy of mine, Dan. I got back to the apartment, he ditches off and joins the Air Force, and I end up with an old girlfriend and says, join this raw food community. They'll take you in, they'll feed you, da 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 So that was the turning point in my life. I became a raw foodie when I was 22 and gave up the American diet and started fasting, doing enemas, and learning all these spiritual practices from gurus and holy men that would show up at this 24-hour juice bar, which has never been done before. I mean, we had compost and we had organic garden and spreading operation, community building. That was my also my introduction to being having a love affair with communities. That's awesome. So a juice bar before, like even before, what's that, Jamba Juice was popular? Oh, Jamba Juice, yeah, the corporate thing. But what we did there is we grew all the vegetables in the garden and then juiced them up, served them to the public. And so it was a combination of greens and sprouts and juices and wheatgrass and you name it. And it was 24 hours a day, and you can imagine what kind of people show up at 3 in the morning. had nothing better to do than drink juice and chat all night. Yeah. So you had a, uh, an original base uh, life for years of eating better, um, the juices and all that. And, and then later on, um, there was certainly an evolution where you started, did you start thinking about, okay, well, the food and everything is pure inside of me, but what's inside of me? Did, when did you start looking inward? For medication oh uh, that started right around the time i got the two books which became my urine therapy bibles the first one was the golden fountain the complete book on urine therapy by cohen vanderkroon he's an awesome author out in holland and the other book uh which is the one that flipped my switch and said oh, what the hell i drink my pee and that was the secrets of youthing by my mentor leonard orr where leonard orr if you guys remember him the father of the rebirthing movement I'm not, I'm not familiar with him, no. Okay, well, he started this movement about conscious breathing that was known as rebirthing, and people would uh, create a rhythm with their in-breath and out-breath continually for 30 minutes, an hour or longer, and it would clear out stuck energy, it would clear out emotional garbage, it would clear out our belief systems. It's, it was amazing. And so he, him and his, the people started being that, uh, gravitating to this work, eventually met at a convention and i was i was honored to meet at this convention snowmass 1980 we had eight 500 conscious breathers get together and decide it was a mission so they all went around the world like ministers and started creating this in all nine different countries in all kinds of places like penitentiaries and and homes and and all kinds of places and it became as known as the rebirthing movement and now years later there's spin-offs like holographic breathwork with stan groff uh, Wim Hof method. These are all spinoffs of Leonard's work. Well, Leonard was a student or devotee of Babaji. You've heard that word, that guy's name? Uh, spell that. Babaji. B-A-B-A-J-A. -A -A. Okay. Now, Babaji, some people call Shiva, the real close devotees, knew him as the Lord of the Universe. Well, in there, Shiva's telling Leonard Orr to drink his pee, and he laid out his how he healed all his incurables, and he laid out the, the Damar Tantra, which was the original 
uh, 5,000 year old scriptures about urine therapy. And I'm going, wait a minute, he's my mentor. And it's like I got a direct message from Shiva to drink my pee. It was more like a whole experience, a God thing, than it was I was sick. Like a lot of people find it their way to urine therapy because they're sick. Right, right. And yeah, it sounds strikingly like when someone has that trip with Mother Ayahuasca telling them to put down cigarettes or do this or do that, or, or during the psilocybin experience, the mushrooms speak to the person. But here is Shiva. It looks like a model, an ancient model, that once you're in a different state, you get these messages. Yes. And it's direct communication with either, you could say, the master or the divinity within you. Mm-hmm. And you know, like higher self, some people call it. That divinity within, if, if people are familiar with my podcast earlier on, I had an episode where I called the source creator. And mm-hmm. I didn't really have any better term for that. Maybe it's lost, burn up in the Alexandrian library somewhere in the ashes. But <laughs> the, the beginning beginner, the Uber maker, long before there were texts, long before there were rocks, when the source was just by itself, maybe in a state of a non-material existence and got bored probably and just said, hey, I'm going to make some stuff. So I got this laid out and I'm like, that source wants to play in creation. Here we are, pineal, uh, the conduit. We get to be one with the one that made everything. Is that what you're kind of looking at? Yeah. The creator wanted to keep on living and wanted to have its finest creation with the experience of emotions and, and free will. And so we came into being... And we, God did a great job at us. We just have to remember that because a lot of people have been um, deceived into thinking that they're not connected to their source or not connected to love. And that's an illusion. Right. Absolutely an illusion. And, you know, it's, I think it's a mission. And um, certainly with the help of the Internet since 1995, the World Wide Web went on when people can actually research stuff independent of having to go somewhere. They can do it in their own living room. And then, of course, now the danger there has been recognized, and now we're being fed things like, you know, AI videos, fake information, false, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it takes a discriminating um, cognition to look through all these uh, pieces of hay and find that needle. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to do now, and it's going to get worse, you know, this AI stuff, you know, quantum. Yes and no, because I trust the, the human spirit. And uh, you, if you look and see how many people are waking up, regardless of statistics, more and more people are having these kind of conversations are, mm-hmm. you know, here on Kauai, I live in the islands, uh, and they're at ease with it. It's not, it's fear-based, it's not conspiracy so much, it's just that we understand oneness and love, and we're going to stay in that consciousness because that's what we want for everybody. I like that, and I want you to really emphasize that in this podcast. I want to pull it out of me, too, because I've been stuck, I think, too much of that around me. I've been conspiratorially up the yee-hoo, and now I'm starting to, with the aid of urine therapy, um, break out of some of that. And I really like your model. I think you got a good spearhead going. Focus on the positive. Focus on the fact that, yeah, we are one with the maker of everything. So let's shed some of this stuff, because I've been surrounded by it long enough. Okay, let's start off by blowing the listeners' minds, okay? Let's do it. Yeah, we're, in the, we're all about quantum healing, collapsing the timeline, and returning to the new heaven and the new human. So here's the fast track right here. The truth is, we never left heaven. We've always been in nirvana, Shangri-La, bliss, whatever you want to call it. But we have been convinced 
are manipulated to think that because of religion and because of all these narratives and because of all the lies on the planet, that we are not one with the source and do not have the ability to heal everything and do not have the ability to manifest everything. So a lot of people have been given this negative programming that we're not okay. This is why majority of people have self-esteem issues. Because in every direction, they were telling you, you didn't get it right. You're not doing you right. So we've had to learn to love ourselves regardless of what the world taught us. Oh, yeah. That's a great way of looking at it. We've always been there. Never really left, except through our, through our mind, through our influences, through, through the media. Well, a real good example is look at children. Here they call them a keiki. The children are in, in curiosity mode, play mode, um, creativity mode. They can't wait to get to the park and be with their friends. They don't live outside of that realm until we start changing their belief systems and molding them to think like we do. What a mistake we made. Because we've almost squeezed the imagination out of kids. Yep, absolutely. When, when the COVID thing happened and they shut down the playgrounds at the mall, you walk around and see signs, you know, not allowed to play, too much disease spreading. But when they were open, and now they're back open, you watch those kids and you see them play with each other. You know, somebody who has different colors, different ice lands, different clothing. They don't really yeah. care. They're having fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they love to engage. They don't They don't look at the outer world anyway. They just know a kid is fun and they have a quick recognition. And, and you're, you're able to do this art now. I mean, I, what always blows me away is I'll go anywhere and there's kids. And the kid looks me right in the eye and we have a soul connection. And all of a sudden we're smiling. And I'm looking up, are the parents catching this? It's really okay. <laughs> yeah, if the parents aren't worried for fear, that they're going to yeah. you know, abduct or something. <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing, I, I got super vigilant and super sensitive about people worried about pedophilia and children being trafficked and, you know, all that, all that scary stuff. So when I'm out in the public, I keep my distance from kids. Yeah. Not that I don't want to get close and, you know, and love on them, but... Uh, it can be misunderstood too easy these days. So, you know, I wait for the parents to be around the kids before I join in. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, uh, I hate to use the analogy, but like a pet. Is it okay? Can I pet your dog? Uh, you know. yeah. yeah, but that's true. And, and you got to wonder, um, will we ever get back to that innocence when we can be ourselves all of our lives, not just until age whatever, seven, eight, nine? Well, the answer, my friend, is in the question. Because when is irrelevant. Now is when our options are available to us. Now is where the miracles, now is where the magic is. So when we return to now, we can have whatever we want. We can be back to the original state. I like that. I like that. Because time, you know, I have a I have a, a wristwatch that goes tick, 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 tick. That doesn't mean that there's time. That means yeah. there's a tick. Because <laughs> it's ticking you, yeah. I like that. I, I've yet to do a podcast on the existence or not of time. I, I want to do that still. But back to your story, your origin story. Uh, when you were in the, the mainland, uh, Texas, you were young, eating right, eating some really cool foods. Then you got into this knowledge with like Mr. Orr brought you into, and I'm looking at his webpage right now, the rebirthing. Uh, I can't wait to dig into this later. I love new stuff. So well, then it was a Leonard was a major influence on my thinking at the time, my understanding of human behavior, how to heal yourself. And he also introduced an idea that won't go away from me, and that's physical immortality. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, physical immortality. Let's talk about that for just a second, because that guy over there in the Himalayas, it's about a thousand years old. Where's his driver's license? Now you know everybody wants to prove things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, so, ask him what had, took place in history 800 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a nice litmus test right there. So what happened 800 years ago? Well, this guy was climbing the mountains and, you know, a bird flew overhead and took him off. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know, immortality, everybody thinks of the next life or another uh, existence after this one. But it, like you say, it's here and now. We've lost touch with it. Well, it's, a, it's the same way, same thing with every faculty that people think is just a great new age idea. Teleportation, by locating, manifesting out of pure intent and thought. Well, immortality is right there in the group. But, but you see, people will never... Under, never be able to wrap their mind around it until they stress their mind to include a new idea. This is like when you're telling people about urine therapy, but their perception doesn't have any openings in it. So it takes whatever it takes to crack those minds open for them to go, oh, maybe you were right. Mm. Yeah. And it, it's like going through doors. Uh, you don't know what's behind that door. And you will never know if you don't open it or knock or investigate and if we're held back by certain fears, the way we're brought up, uh, traditions, cultures, you know, oh, you need to go wash your hands, you touched your wee. You know, these mm -hmm. imprinting things in our minds, it, they just hold us back. So when we get older, we get aged, uh, or, or if there is time, but certainly something happens. We mature, we learn, and now open to new experiences. And yes. you, know, you don't look your age, Brother Sage. Oh, it's because I suck at aging. <laughs> I've been, I've been practicing the reverse uh, approach, which is called youthing. Youthing. I like that. Not euthanasia, but youth uh, for me. Youthing. So let me go a little more on immortality from the teachings of Leonard Orr. He practiced uh, what he called the unconscious death urge back in the 60s. And when he explored it by doing the breath work and doing the yoga, he found out that the death urge has a life urge. And where it's rooted in people's belief systems is such things as, I don't belong here, I don't matter, where do I fit in, you know, all that stuff is connected to what happens when people get depressed and people get suicidal and people eat garbage and they do destructive things, you know. When we're in a time of our life from being self-destructive and we're hating ourselves and we're judging ourselves badly, well, what's the other side? Where is the relief and, and, and liberation? For most people, they think it's either what's called ascension or dropping the body called death, right? So the people you, that I approach and I start discussing about immortality, the ones that are miserable don't care. They don't want to hear that idea. That makes sense. People who are grateful for life, they're joyous about life, they're living their life, they have loving, intimate relationships, they're the ones that want to live. The ones that are committed to doing what it takes to have a healthy wellness practice and good relationships and, and a, a good experience of life. Right. And when it looks bleak, when it looks, you know, like an impossible task, mm -hmm. um, people just tend to just give up on it. And they don't really know what they're giving up on it. You know, it's like the little engine that could. Once you get over that mountain, there's a whole new world open to you. But it's such a struggle with what we've been taught Right, and we're in a rut. We do the same thing like a mouse in a trap. We think there's going to be some change. We think something new or beautiful is going to come on. And that sounds like the definition of insanity. 
doing the same thing, trying to expect different results, right? Yeah, Brother Einstein came up with that one, I believe. Brother Einstein, great. I'm glad he did that. And to take this a little bit farther about the immortality conversation <clears throat> is that the people who are passing away on the planet right now was explained by Leonard, but that was back in the 70s and 80s. He says, if all of a sudden you see people so-called dying, you could it could be from anything, from the JAB uh, to a health problem to an accident, whatever. He says, the death urge is being purged on the planet. And the people who are dying right now have made an agreement with their soul. They're leaving because they can't be here right now. So the, the people who are the saddest and disturbed about people dying, this and that, is because of our attachment to their body and their form. But you know when your loved ones leave, they're still with you. Yeah, attachment from the Budaic tradition, a lot of that is when you detach from these desires is when you're going to find that peace. Is that similar, what Leonard was talking about? Well, he said the people who want to stay here will be among the immortals, and we've counted about a million of them on the planet right now. Um, and the ones that are miserable, the ones who don't do self-improvement, they don't work on themselves, they, don't, they, 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 they stay a long way too much, uh, these are the ones that are going to drop the body. They'll find a way to get out because it's socially acceptable to die. That's called like assisted suicide by collective consciousness. But when you, when you understand yourself and you take your mind back, you reclaim your mind and your body and you choose thoughts on purpose like affirmations, declarations, prayers, mantras, etc., then that's your dominant consciousness. That's also going to attract you the dominant forces of life and relationships and, and contacts that you would miss otherwise. Absolutely. Breathe, everybody breathe. <laughs> yeah, deep breathing. Just getting the oxygen in the blood is a big help. And yeah, breathing is a miracle. It really is. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about your perspective on breatharians, people who just yeah. literally live off the air that they breathe? Yes. The breatharians, and some people are, some people question breatharians on the planet. They say so-and-so was the real deal, and so-and-so was a hypocrite and a fake, blah, blah. And I don't care to go into that kind of criticism, but uh, breatharianism is somebody who has raised his vibration and consciousness beyond food. He's able to tap Shakti, life force, scalar energy, God frequency, source energy, whatever you want to call it, directly from the air, directly from the, the water. By the way, in case you guys didn't know this, that amongst us, around us, is this presence, right? And in the presence, like in this air that we think we're breathing, there are molecules in, of oxygen and hydrogen and nitrogen and all kinds of things in nanoparticle size. So we are, in essence, still living in a water world. And these breatharians are able to tap that for nourishment. They're able to tap the forces of the elements and nature and plants and from humans. And so, like Ella Tom Alamine, who I've had a, a wonderful time talking to and watching his journey, he goes walks for four or five hours at a time, doesn't even get tired. He doesn't, he hardly sleeps. I've never seen him drink anything. Um, so there are real deal breatharians on this planet, but they have to be in a certain octave of resonance to, to maintain that. And do they have to start very young ages, like six, seven, eight, nine, young? They have a parent that brings them into this early. Is that not the key? In some cultures, it's the key. In other cultures, somebody has done enough spiritual practices or transformational, a lot of personal work, transformational work to get rid of you know, all their baggage, emotional baggage, that they can do that at any stage of their life. Yeah. 
but you just can't you can't just jump into it because you did a fast for 30 days mm. it takes the inner work yeah i'm familiar with uh dave murphy allegedly dave he talked a little bit about his experience trying it and he mm-hmm. said it's just too difficult to keep going right right and, and the challenge comes for a lot of people when you're feeling weak you can't get your energy together and you go, you go back to food and however they do it is however they do it and it just i think it's just inspiration just to have them on our planet. They're kind of like mythical creatures, right? Yeah. And they're real. They're real. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. This is something that's a burning question for me. I wonder if some other people wonder about it, too. People who've been actively participating in the Orin uh, reuptake, uh, otherwise known as urine therapy, if, yeah. if you eat a Big Mac or a pizza every once in a while, um, I know in my experience, I do a lot of colon cleansing or really quickly, either the next 48 hours or so, it's coming out. Is that healthy? (laughs) Is that healthy to do the Big Mac or the McDonald's and then the enema? Is that the question? Well, I'm just wondering. I mean, if other people are wondering about this, I mean, that the food itself is not healthy, but it's such a radical cleanse. Um, Are you getting any benefit at all? You're definitely getting any benefit, but you're working against yourself if you go continue eating that way. Yeah, I guess that's the obvious Stating the I mean, obvious. A simple, simple rule of thumb, Art, is that we're talking about this on the airways, which means the people who are going to come back and hear this, some know better, but they don't do better. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a, that's the same demonstration, the same thing I need to hear, and you might need to hear that. You, you know better, so start from there. Do better. Yeah. I like that. And it's difficult sometimes. You get caught in those uh, ways that you were raised in and at what point is the tipping scale, you know, like you were 22 when you started to eat some good stuff and it just got better from there, it seems. Am I assuming correctly after you were that young? Did you ever go back into the old ways? Well, yeah, I did. You see, the trouble with doing raw foods back in the 70s is that there's no Internet. There's no support structure. So whoever you had living around you was your support structure. Well, what happened at one point, three years later, uh, the community disbanded. Everybody went off in their different direction. And I had to feel my way through life until I discovered, you know, raw food again. I mean, it was always with me, but it, it, it got bumped off the default setting until about 20 years ago. I, I nailed it and it never went away. Okay, that's good. That's a great story there. And that's something that I think the listeners will relate to is that, yeah, I mean, you fall down seven times, you get up eight type of thing. But now you're enjoying you're enjoying a really, really wonderful lifestyle. And I mentioned earlier you don't look your age on these videos that you do. Do you mind sharing what your, uh, I guess, biological age is and then what your reverse age you think might be? My biological age is 69 and my reverse age is 27. 27. Wow. <laughs> that, was my, that was my potent kick-ass Saturn return year when I figured out who I was. What, what did you use to support the 27? Um, and, and, and can we do that? Is there a formula? There's not a formula. I just went based on, uh, I guess it's astrology, and I'm not a student of that kind of system. But they have what's called Saturn return years every 27 years. So when you're 54 and then the next 27 years, this is where you return to whatever it is, a higher state of consciousness or remembrance of who you are. But 27 seems to be a turning point for people. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I, and, and I think, oddly, I think going back to the media, you know, the death of uh, rock stars and legends, I think there's a certain age where a lot of them did pass 
I'm, I'm not sure. I think it might have been 27 or 29, which is weird. You know, numerology. What is, what's in numerology? A bunch of numbers, right? But do they mean anything? Well, it means something to people who define them as meaning, but uh, I, I, uh, I've always stayed away, steered away from that and numerology and a bunch of other tools like that because they're, they're considered astral uh, traps. Uh, according to Reverend Eincap in New York City, this black minister, he had like 5,000 in his congregation. He says, someone says, oh, Reverend Ike, uh, what's your sun sign? Are, are, you, uh, are you under, what, are you, what star is, what are you under? He says, listen. I'm not under the stars. The stars are under me. They don't determine my fate and where I'm going in my life. And so yeah. I kind of agreed and stayed away because it, it's it's wrought with good news, bad news. Yeah, Reverend Ike, I mean, he was a character. I actually used to subscribe to some of his stuff just to see the the weird, you know, mail-outs that he would give you, the shower cap and the unfold this <laughs> little blanket and kneel on it and pray, open your wallet and give me your largest bill and mail it back to me type thing. But yeah. I did like that fact that, you know, over the stars – Let's talk about astrology. You know, years ago, you know, there's no time, but certainly before now, when there were no established cathedrals and texts and books, there was just a group of people living on these six continents trying to figure out from whence they came. And what's this thunder and lightning? Is that a god up far? So they look at the stars, they look at the eclipses, and they start figuring stuff out. And you get Cancer the Crab, and you get Orion up there with his bow and arrow. Can't you see it? And there's the Big Dipper. So at some point, those stars meant something to somebody. But is it really just a bunch of bunko? Well, it all depends who you talk to. <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of those systems. And now there's a human design system where they, um, they label you. See, that's the that's trouble right there. They label you, which is a limitation. They label you as a manifest generator, a manifestor, projector, and so on and so forth. So every system has a way that they can help people understand themselves. And I think if it's used properly as a tool, great. But a lot of times people get uh, trapped in it, and they don't—they lose their critical thinking skills. Oh yeah, definitely, it's a critical thinking uh, destroyer uh, when you start accepting those labels and then giving labels to other people. Now, now you got a group, a club, and you got camaraderie, and it's like fifty million Elvis fans can't be wrong. And right. well, <laughs> yeah, I think seven billion people can be wrong when you talk about religious indoctrination. Originally, mankind, humankind, looked up to the sky, and then they started making all these religious-type things uh, out of fear. I think a lot of it was, but I think some of it was just power and control. So has there always been a group of people that just see through all this? You know, I mean, They're not the one. They're not the 99. They're kind of like watching the whole show. I would say more than we realize, but we don't usually put them in the spotlight because everybody's focusing on, like you said, that word popular. What's popular? Right, right. And like urine therapy wasn't popular until I started writing books and other people started coming forward. Before social media, it was just the books that were circulating through bookstores. And this is what lit my fire and why I wrote the first book of my six books called Healing Water from Within. Because I discovered that there was a lot of social media chatter about urine therapy in 2017. Oh, yeah. Like the Flat right? Earth Movement, I think, about that time started up. People started thinking that the Earth was domed over. And we're uh -huh. just like pizza floating around and, uh, in, you know, and we've been lied to about this globular thing. And the Internet's a powerful conduit to get groups started and get people thinking certain things. It, it is. And the, uh, the way it really supports the urine therapy community is that all of a sudden you can hook up with people you can't talk about this subject with. But now you have people you can talk about the subject with. 
Yeah. I mean, you can't tell your family you pee in the bathtub, right? Because they'll <laughs> think you're kind of strange, you know, or tell them, hey, I saved my pee and drank it for breakfast. So you got this, you got to understand the relevance of a social media platform so people can find their family, their community, and, and a connection that they were missing in their regular life. Absolutely. And you know, Brother Sage, I've noticed something. It's really, it's it's amazing. It's, it's sad at the same time. There are people that in my sphere uh, of friends and family that uh, even though they see the empirical evidence, you know, I take a picture of my toe over several months and show how it healed by simply dipping it in my own perfect medicine, a book by Martha Christie. Um, and, and there's their empiricism and they see it works. I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up, but they still cannot fathom ever doing that themselves. That is such a trap. And it's those people we need to reach. We need to give them this evidence, this power that we found. But how do you do it when it's so hard to break through? Well, that's why I wrote about it in my last four, three or four books, is how to talk to naysayers and doubters and skeptics and hecklers. I've had my share of hecklers being on a lot of TV and radio shows. <laughs> I think they, they got it down. And then I'm the guy who's crazy and in a cult. Right. Oh, and by the way, on that note, one of your TV interviews I showed my partner, I said, look, look at this. This is a great way of saying how they do it. They were talking to you. It was the it was the television there. I think they were interviewing you and a man drinks. I was Colorado man drinks his own pee type of thing. And they interview you. You're swirling around your mouth. He goes, this is like five hours. ago. You go five hours ago. Good. Good hour. (laughs) And And then to show to show their side of the story. What do they do? They get this doctor on there who's talking not at all what you just were talking about. He's talking about, well, when you drink someone else's pee, you can get gonorrhea. And it's like, hey, dude, look, he's not drinking somebody else's. So whoever put that story together, obviously slanted. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Channel 7 out of Denver. It's like a CBS affiliate. But the thing is, uh, it, was a beautiful, it was a beautiful setting at my apartment. One of my assistant board of directors was there and we're doing Tai Chi and they made it look real spiritual. And then a close-up of me drinking and doing the protocols, I turned to the cameraman at one point and said, you should try this. This is pretty good stuff. <laughs> so then they decided to bring in the doctor, last 30 seconds to demonize it and do you know the reverse psychology thing. But what they didn't realize is that now, uh, it's been about five years since that interview, it's had over 100,000 hits. Yeah, you know, you know, bad publicity is good publicity type of thing. Inaccuracy in journalism, still, it's the subject there. Look, the, your own medicine. This man's drinking his own medicine, regardless of the, what they're trying to reverse on you. He's doing it. And if people look at you further with the internet, they'll see. They'll see your picture. And you're, this guy's not seventy, almost seventy years old. There's no way. And there's empirical evidence staring at him. Right. And it's those people who are the pioneers or the curiosity seekers or the explorers. That's what I'm looking for. The explorers that go, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. He seems to be getting it down and he seems to be a happy guy. I'm going to go look into this. And they find their way to social media group or, or me or whoever and they start. What are some of the social media groups that you're uh, a part of? Uh, talk about your YouTube connection and others for the listeners. Okay, now my YouTube channel is a unique channel because I've been uh, publishing on that channel all the urine therapy training courses that I've been teaching, and two of them are coming up this week. Uh, urine therapy world conference calls, Q&As, which have been held on every Friday, instructional videos on how to use the protocols, 
and just a lot of insights and transmissions that come through. So that's it. YouTube.com forward slash Brother Sage. Mm -hmm. And Sage now is spelled S-A-G-E, just like the, the spice. Just like the spice or the herb for purifying. Yes. So is that a sudden? Is that is your last name anyway connected with the word sage, or is this just a name you've chosen? Um, well, I chose it. It chose me. However, that came to be. But uh, uh, most people know me as either Brother Sage or Sage, whichever they feel comfortable with. Okay, cool. Just wanted to know where was the starting point where that was. But continue on. You were talking about thought there. Okay, I also want to introduce uh, a nonprofit or a faith-based organization that we created back in Boulder called Shibambu. Uh, the website is shivambhu.org, and we've been putting together the infrastructure for the worldwide family. Everything from the social media platform called Shibambu Hut, we, we now have about 1,200 members. It's a free membership, by the way. Uh, we've, we've, we've created um, newsletters conference calls, um, the Water Family Directory, where you can locate any uh, urine therapy teacher on the planet. And the next thing that's coming through us or coming through me is the Shibambu Lifestyle Store. So you can find any protocol, equipment, supplies, books, resources uh, for doing the lifestyle. And that's Shibambu.org? Well, one is going to be parked at Shibambu.org, most of it. And the other material is going to be through brothersage.com. Okay, so those are the two main uh, internet connections. Yes, okay. yes. Now, there is about 20 to 25 Facebook social media groups. One is called Urine Therapy Universal Remedy. There's Shibambu Enthusiasts. There's Urine Urine Therapy Power. I think they're up to 800 members now. So if you Google, if you go on and search in Facebook, either Urine Therapy, Urotherapy, um, PP water. I mean, you, you'll find anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the late night comics are leaving a lot of money on the table by not tackling the subject as a reality. <laughs> well, I've, I've enjoyed it a whole lot. I've, I've spiced up all my books with humor. And then last year, I took the best of them and created a brand new language called the Piscabulary of Urinisms, <laughs> in which Love you it. can find words that only make sense to pee drinkers. <laughs> right, right. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm on the Shivambu website. I, I do remember this before. Uh, part of my introductory to what you do so well, get this word out. Huh? And I'm looking at your links under media coverage. I, I pulled a couple of few of these up when I did the interview with uh, Harry Matadine. And you got Boy George on there struggling, trying to explain to these people, hey, look, this works. This is what I do. And he's catching a lot of you know, uh, heckling. He's trying to explain. Yeah. You know, you know, no, 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 you know, I, I, I just, uh, you know, put it on my, on my face. It work. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's so hard. You know, and these are celebrities, so I guess they're kind of eccentric. We'll give them a pass. No, it's just for everybody. <laughs> it is for everybody, and more and more people, which so, which so humbles me and honors me, is. Uh, I'm experiencing through being, have my finger on the pulse of the Shivamba worldwide movement, that you have naturopaths and chiropractors and sometimes doctors that are coming public and lending their name, reputation, voice to the message and to the movement. Mm -hmm. And they're not shy about it. I have a background in human behavioral science and uh, peer to peer training 
And mm-hmm. it, it really is like the term stigma, stigma, because people are afraid to admit they have a mental illness in their past, but now they're doing so much better. They're afraid to mention it publicly. It's a stigmatizing thing. And this urine therapy is that all over again to the nth degree, because how do you bring this up in, in conversation? How do you tell somebody you just meet? They know nothing about it. You know everything about it, just about. And, and how do you break that ice, you know? <laughs> Well, it's all going to be determined on two factors, faith and courage. Because when you're unattached to their responses and their reactions, and you're just someone delivering the message, it's a different approach than, oh my God, they might judge me. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of it. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm invincible, like Superman. They just bounce off me. It's, right? a, it's so, like seed planting. Seed planting. Start small, exactly. let it grow. Well, a lot of people consider the urine therapy path, a spiritual path, as well as like a ministry. So we're, we're, we're missionaries going out to the world to give people the good news that, hey, you don't need the doctors. You don't even need vitamin stores anymore because you have it within you. You have a health food store. Now, your body produces, thanks to this sophisticated filtration system called a nephron that's inside your kidneys. Have you heard that word? Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't confuse it with the aliens called the Nephilim, okay? Yeah, the Nephilim, the giants. But this is yeah. a giant discovery of, of ancient old, this nephron. Tell me more about it, because I know the kidneys are the ultimate filtration system. Okay, here's how it goes. You've got the three components of your blood that's hanging out in your bone marrow. You've got the white blood cells, you've got the red blood, and you've got the golden plasma blood. What happens is, as it's going through its body and it gets through the cleansing system, it finds its way into the liver at some point. The liver uh, filters out all these different components, but sends just the plasma to the kidneys for further cleaning. So what it does is it runs through this sophisticated chamber known as the nephron system, N-E-P-H-R-O-N. There's like a million point two of these inside the kidney. Imagine stuffing all those in there. And so what happens it it, it identifies whatever the body needs from within the body or any so-called contaminants or threat to the body and produces antibodies, remedies, stem cells. And thanks to a, a university in Alberta, Canada, they have identified 4,690 components in, in substances inside urine. Part and of that being the stem cells themselves. That article that I shared with you about the Chinese study how they yeah. went through and, and, and tested it. And we're going to put a link to that. And I'd love to put more links in the show notes here with our interview today that, that people can go to. And I'm going to put your websites as well. But yeah, Thank you. the nephron filtration system. Here we've got it. You know, you've got cloud water. Rainwater is pure. you got mm-hmm. urine is pure. And yep. what was the other one? Distilled water is Still water. Pure. Yeah, and the other two, which is on Andrew Norton Weber's list, is glacial water and fruit juice. Oh, fruit juice, yeah. Fruit filtration. That discussion with someone this morning, they're going, well, the still water is dead water and it, you know, no minerals, blah, blah, blah. I said, you got to understand the origin of words, first of all. If you take the word distilled and you take the first two letters and you divide it from the last four letters, which is, or five, which is S T I L L which means die still, which means to do in the opposite of that means to make active. And being still, um, stullifying the process, it acts as the filtration, right? Yes, it does act as the filtration. And that's 
that's what these things are doing. And this is why we're involved with this water. So drinking distilled water. Some people I, I meet, meet randomly in the grocery store and they go, aren't you just supposed to use that in your like breathing machine or something? Why are you? Are your car battery? Right. Yeah. And well, we're charged electrically. That's another subject. <laughs> that is. And if you notice, if you go to uh, your typical big corporate grocery store, the waters that are sold out more often is the distilled water. Absolutely. Yep. There's a run on it. <laughs> I think people are listening to Weber and you and others. Hey, you know, I'm going to secretly uh, cleanse my body. And, but the YouTube doctors will say, oh, no, no, no. It, it strips minerals out of your body. Like it's a bad thing? What if the minerals are bad minerals? <laughs> well, what it takes out of you, and I can tell you how they prove that this is the best water for you because of the structure that they, they found within it. But what it does is it pulls out and draws out the inorganic minerals and material from the body. Yeah. It doesn't harm what's in the body that's organic. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that brought me back to the process of drinking urine. Like overnight, your body heals itself. You, get, you catch the morning brew, which is the really good stuff. But still, as good as it is, I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, between the bladder and out of your penis or vagina, that, that traffic, that tube that it takes, that could harbor extra bacteria that you kind of want to flush out, and that's why you get the mid-catch. So is that accurate, or is that just more, uh, I don't know, just disinformation? Disinformation, not exactly, but here's where it came from, just to get everybody really clear. In the Damar Tantra, which was the book about urine therapy that was um, scribed 5,000 years ago, it's basically when Shiva was outed by his wife, and she says, Shiva, how come you're always healthy and you don't age and you're strong and you're attractive? What's your secret? And he says, Pavarti, drink of yourself and you will live and you will know. So he lays out this nine-year program, not only how to heal everything and what vessels to collect it with and you know, all these details, but at the end, how to achieve immortality. Well, it just so happens there's a verse inside the Damar Tantras, in case you guys want to know how it's spelled, it's D-A-M-A-R. Tantra, most people know how to spell that. But there's a verse, I digress. There's a verse that talks about the midstream. And it says, well, you're going to void the beginning, void the end, collect the midstream. You go to the very next verse, it's going to tell you why, and it says it's based on tradition and superstition. Fast forward to 2023, we all know by now, particularly people involved with this, uh, this path and this practice, is that every drop is sterile. So whether you want to collect the midstream or the first drop or the last drop, it's all sterile. Yes, Dharma Tantra. There's the magic key. Ancient literature, ancient practice. Here's something written down long time ago. What is that dated anyway? How many years prior to like the year zero or one BC or whatever? Good question. All that anybody ever knows about on the internet is what's posted there. And we have the statistic of 5,000 years ago. However, and this will explain why, uh, despite uh, the dark forces attempt in, in 1917, you've heard of the Rockefellers. They, uh, so they decided in 1970 they were going to uh, control healthcare on the entire planet. And they didn't like competition, so they started demonizing all the alternative naturopaths, alternative healers, Chinese medicine, and urine therapy. Yes, and they couldn't stop it. Why? Because 
a lot of the urine therapy history was not recorded and it was handed down by elders to children to children and so on and so forth and so it stayed it kept brewing it kept growing and thanks to the internet it came back alive that is awesome word, word of mouth secret underground technology <laughs> emerges and it's splattered all over the place <laughs> all over the place and one of my colleagues out in chicago doc mike Whitford, he's a He's a go-getter, ex-Marine. He'll just go all over the world when someone needs his services and help them to heal. Well, he came up with a figure that there's close to 900 million people using urine therapy in 50 nations. That's that's a big chunk. Uh, um, that could push the tipping point. That could make a difference. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. You know, I mean, civilizations, cultures evolve. Uh, if, if people understand the Star Trekian philosophy, you know, uh, don't interfere with a lesser developed country. Just stand back, observe and report because get in there and mess around with them. You're, you're going to think, first of all, they're going to think you're some alien from outer space with your high technology. So the unwritten rule in the Roddenberry films is uh, don't don't in, mess them up with your high level tech. But. What, but what we need, we need to know about our ancient high-level tech that we've lost. Yes, and our high-level tech wasn't even tech. It was just higher understanding or higher consciousness that ran the show. Right. What I loved about that I spent a lot of time doing sweat lodges in Texas and in different places. And what I loved is the elders would sit around and pass a pipe around, and nobody would utter a word until the collective or the great wisdom came through that was for the highest good. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. The sweat lodge, the pipes, the the material smoked in their peyote, mushroom, mm -hmm. psilocybin, um, LSD, uh, um, the other one, um, the one they do with the uh, ayahuasca. So, are yeah. they tapping into all of these different modalities? Are they tapping into a collective similar uh, level of spirituality or cognition that everyone can get to? So. They're not individual experiences. They're actually, it's like a ride up to the mountain and everybody is on the same plane using whatever modality and they're there and it's common. And then you come back down the mountain and you're back into your normal life. Is that what's going on with all these entheogens or is it specific to each person? What was the word you used? Invasions? In, entheogens. Entheogenic. Yeah. yeah. I would say that the truth is the truth is the truth. And it's, if it's unchanging and it can't be altered, it's like love. It stays intact and it includes everything. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like sometimes somebody will say, well, that's your truth. I have my truth. But then there's some certain foundational truths that we must get on board with. You know, it's not opinionated truth. These are established facts. They're, yeah. Like I said, they don't change. They're the truth. And if somebody says, well, that's your truth and it's my truth, I said, well, Where's the common ground so we can, you know, we can stay connected. Yeah, we can get to the common you know, ground. The, the ego gets in there and then this is why you have divisions in countries and wars and, and racism and all that, mm -hmm. which doesn't need to happen. That's the sad part of, of the human experience. I think ignorance breeds more ignorance. Um, mm -hmm. the, you know, internet, internet is such a wonderful tool. So many people have access to it. Now there's some people out there right now. I've heard some certain conspiracy people saying, oh, they're going to pull the plug on the internet. Now we're getting too smart. What are we going to do then? 
What did we do before the internet? What did we do before our cell phones? What did we do before telephones? What did we do before houses had electricity? We right. found ways to get things done and connect and connect in a way that didn't have to rely on them. And maybe people were more telepathic and psychic back then. I'd say definitely we're, we're more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we get lazy with tech. Tech makes you lazy, doesn't it? We do, and I live in Kauai, and what always uh, gives me a scratch in my head, not only are people playing with their cell phone and the screen on the beach, they went to the extent of getting these waterproof little lariats around the neck so they can take pictures in the ocean. <laughs> as long as the so-called authorities and power to be over humanity, it doesn't matter what country because it's all one big corporation anyway. We still think there's different countries, but as long as they have control over people and and the people realize this is not for their greater good, they're going to lose their power. Because why do we why do we have them making laws and rules uh, that restrict, limit, and harm us? Are we on the brink of something here, Brother Sage? Of uh, we are on the brink. Of- like what I mean by that is, are we on the brink of enough people, like the nine hundred million that are practicing their own perfect medication? Well, that's uh-huh. just going to grow. Those people are just going to get smarter and reverse their age. And now, oh, yeah. all of a sudden, instead of a zombie apocalypse, it's a cognitively alert superhuman apocalypse, and we're taking over. We are. <laughs> by, the, by the way, uh, I don't use the term revolutionary. I know some people say, well. This group and that path and that organization, that movement is revolutionaries. I go, no, we're evolutionaries. We're here to help each other evolve. I like not that. To have, not to have friction and, and fights. Yeah, I love that. When the last tank is melted down to mm-hmm. make, um, you know, another roof over a community you know, fireplace area, when, when the, when the gunpowder dissolves, and, and we lose the ability to make it anymore. You know, like they say, oh, we could go back to the moon, but we lost the technology. You know, really, come on. But when, yeah. when that happens, I, I think we're on the brink of something big here. I, this UAP now in Congress, they're talking about these UFOs. Woo! <laughs> Something's about to happen. Because we're being Something's prepped. Something's about to happen because the, uh, the thieves, the liars, and the deceivers... Uh, they know they're caught. They know the gig is up. They don't have much life left in them. The people who are uh, that I talk to in different sources, um, they say that they've already been kicked off planet. I mean, there are some people in the high, what they call the high command, the Galactic Federation, that they've already notified all these nefarious characters, and the gig is up. They have two options: you either have to join harmonious with humanity. Or you got to get the F off our planet and leave us alone. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it, it, the way I like to imagine it is a universal Earth, meaning the Earth never ends. So extra, meaning more, terrestrial, meaning land. So like a billion miles out there, there's a real civilization with real technology. And they've been coming around here looking at our situation. One over 99, one over 99. Hey, boys, we got another live one here. And we're about to be rescued, maybe. Where they're going to take down that 1% and make us all 100 harmonious, loving superhumans. Yeah. That's yeah. my theory. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it's a good theory. Um, the, the, the do no harm, the, the don't interfere with people free will 
was uh, I guess that, that was the, the the ETs were saying that on Star Trek, but the the Hippocrates uh, thousands of years ago, the motto of doctors was do no harm, but you can tell how that played out. Right, the, the, the Wiccan, uh, you know, one of the Wiccan uh, bumper stickers or, or actually uh, principles, do do what thou wilt and harm to none. Well, that includes yourself. Um, it's a good idea, you know. I mean, treat others as you would have them treat you. Uh, you know, golden rule. But, well, let's talk more about our golden rule, the urine yeah. therapy golden rule. You talked earlier oh. about some books that were instrumental back before internet. You know, Nineteen, what was it, forty something? John Armstrong's I, book. John Armstrong's book uh, was written in the twenties. His book was published in nineteen forty four and then republished in nineteen seventy. And he was not. He wasn't a doctor. He was more of a naturopath, and he understood the the natural ways and. He brought urine therapy into his practice, and all these people were healed. There was one guy who was blind, and then a year later he could see again because he was doing eye drops of urine therapy. Um, and then in the in the nineties, in the seventies was the nineteen seventy five was the Mula Mantra out of India, and in the nineteen nineties uh, was Martha Christie's book Your Body's Perfect Medicine, Beatrice Barnett. Um, and various other people were starting to make, bring those out to the public. Uh, Golden Fountain. Was also one of them. Yeah. So, John Armstrong's book. I, I remember a lot of people. You can find this, by the way. People have just read it out loud on YouTube for free. Oh yeah. Weren't. Yeah. What What was so instrumental about his findings? Not being a doctor, and I'm sure that the big farm, big med, loved to point that finger. Yeah. Well, he was. He was writing about urine therapy in a time that it wasn't really talked about. He was. The book is called The Water of Life. And so he is printing out publicly testimonials of people who have healed themselves of whatever the condition is. And uh, he brought research and documentation to the world and never been seen before. Kind of like when Arnold Eret in the turn of the century was talking about rational fasting and the grape cure. Uh, these are ancient methods. And these are the guys who became the voices for the world by writing their books. Mm -hmm. And... How, how did they get lost? How did that information just die away? Well, it didn't die away. It was in a low simmer. It, it wasn't until it got discovered or modern times uh, finally caught up with it and it got new voices and new ways to reach people. Yeah. Again, the Internet and free knowledge available to anyone. Yeah, and, and people have, um, I guess... I guess it matters and doesn't matter to some people. It matters to me uh, that they put out PDF versions of, of these authors' books for free. Anybody can find them if you're digging deep enough. Um, but, you know, I'm an author myself, and I've seen my books being black, mark, bar, black market and sold for higher prices, and people try to give away the PDF. I'm going, you got to support the guys who wrote the books or maybe their kids in the next generation and don't rip them off. Right. And it's, it's a way... To make money in a monetary-based economy. Are you familiar with the Venus Project? Um, named for Venus, Florida, not the planet thing. Um, where um, it was Fresco was postulating a world system with no money, resource-based economy, where basically everything would be provided and for free, and we wouldn't have to struggle with 
banks and banksters, paychecks, and working for a living, but utilize the resources that we have around us to make life better in robotics, and now certainly AI, where technology is the, quote, slave, unquote, we sit back and enjoy the fruits of our technological labors, and no more money needed. You don't have to struggle with all that. Have you heard about that? A resource-based economy? Uh, I like the concept, and I know it's doable. It kind of reminds me of intentional communities that got together in the 70s, and they produced unheard of yields of fruits and vegetables and, and sustainable living, and, and they brought new ways of building houses and earthships that, that were never thought of before. So, uh, you know, I, I, I agree that anything's possible if we put our, our minds and our hearts together. Right, yeah. Get, step outside of that, you know, capitalism or communism. Get outside mm -hmm. of it completely and mm -hmm. just what about live in peacefulism. Now, like earlier, you said give peace. A, give, all we're asking is give piss a chance. Give piss a chance and we're rocking in the pee world. <laughs> what we're doing. I love that. I did some parodies on this podcast. I did one about the virus as Johnny, you know, jumped. We've been talking about Vaxxon instead of Jackson. And that's the most viral, pardon the pun, thing that I, that I offer. There's like 3,000 downloads on this stupid 90-second song. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you never know what's going to be popular. I wrote, I wrote a song called I'm a Pea Drinking Man, and I did my version of singing it. It didn't really take off, but my adopted son, Matt Senna, he plays guitar. He put it to words, and there's thousands of views on it. Oh, great. How do you spell his name? I want the listeners to go there and watch it. Please support him. Uh, if not, reach out to me. I can get you the link. It's uh, Matt Senna, M-A-T-T, -T, last name S-E-N-A. All right. You might see that on his YouTube channel. There was a professional wrestler called something about Senna, spelled that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. All right, good. We'll put that link on there, too. Yeah, I'd like to see that. And I, if with your permission and his, I'd like to put it in this podcast, either at the beginning or end, just so we can hear it. <laughs> well, you... Didn't you do a, a, was it you who did a, with Harry's, there were some songs at the beginning? Yeah, I did that with uh, with Harry's interview, and I had your, your version, I caught off the internet, singing Pea Drinking Man. Yeah, okay, well, Matt does an awesome job, so yeah, we can get I'll that. I'll do that. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got so much to talk about here. This is a, f a fantasy of mine, is to talk to people who are really in the know, legends, pioneers in this subject, and... As you might hear from when me and Harry talked about it, it's just something a lot of people just cannot put in their worldview. They can't even talk. Some people can't even talk about it. They don't. Even, they go, they actually. This was one person, good friend. Don't talk about it. You're making me sick. You know. Yeah. They shut you down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty bad. That's that's pretty bad. But you know. So we do what we can. Write the books. Tell us about your books. What you've written several. Can you? Tell us about them, the titles, and what you cover on each one. Yeah, the very first book in, in 2018 is called The Healing Water From Within. And uh, it goes into, it, it basically describes the research and the, uh, the knowledge I knew I had at that time. Each book was more like an evolution of that book. Uh, you know, it talks about the history of, of urine therapy the benefits, the ingredients, what are general treatment suggestions, uh, some of the protocols. Um, 
I even talk about how to use humor in all my books when talking about urine therapy. And some of the books like that one had the future vision I had about where this movement is going. And more and more I see that playing out. It's actually coming true. So the next book of the evolution of the series was the manual for urine therapy teachers and therapists, which came out in 2020. And this has become, it is a picture of Shiva on the front cover, Shiva and Pavarti. It's become the textbook uh, for all the courses I teach. So people who really want to thoroughly dig in and be able to build a lifestyle where this is integrated. And by the way, I teach you how to do your lifestyle in your, in your house, apartment, or car, whatever, without having to compromise because some people might frown on your practice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've got a, okay. I've got a <laughs> place where I keep all my aged jars, uh, you know, keep them out of the view of the, the normies that may come around <laughs> and have to explain it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there are people who are going, well, I don't want my wife, my kids, blah, blah, blah. And one guy says, I'm a really want to talk about it. My daughter's not 18 yet, so don't put me on the internet. So it's, it's approach is different, but everybody still continues their practice. So that was called the Manual for Urine Therapy Teachers and Therapists. By the way, all these books are published on Amazon, uh, and they can either be purchased through Amazon or if anybody's listening and they're in the United States, I offer autographed copies that I can ship anywhere in the United States at a good price. So then the, the book after that became the, the handbook for healing water within. This was going to be the up-to-date information, larger fonts, uh, and at a reasonable price. So these books would be used as gifts to people. Now, a great way to talk to people about urine therapy if they – if you're really not sure about the subject and you can feel the resistance is don't put the spotlight on you, but say, Hey, I read this book and maybe it'll give you a better understanding than I could. Would you read the book? Right. Yeah. Okay. It's the same when you give a third party testimonial, it doesn't include you and they're not thinking about, well, I know you and I have history of you, but the book is an author. I'll read that. Good, good cop, bad author, bad, bad author, good cop type of thing. Something like that. So then uh, the next book that came out was on 22222. And um, cool. I, what I did was I revised, edited, and added my own content into Leonard Orr's uh, 1994 classic, the one that got me started, called, called The Secret of Youthing. He passed away in 2019, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, that book is alive and going great on the Internet. It's called The Secrets of Youthing. He even brings not only all his healing of his... Uh, incurables, his use of urine therapy, his love affair with Babaji, and he also talks about physical immortality. That's awesome. Okay, you with me so far? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm on Amazon right now, and as you're describing, I'm looking at these uh, as you bring them up. Um, okay, then I came out with um, um, Healing Water from Within. No, that was right after the Piscabulary of Urinisms uh, came out in 2022. In 2023, came out with Healing Water from Within. Second edition was the best of everything up to uh, modern, uh, up to that date and time. You updated that. That one included more research? More research, more current findings, more testimonials, uh, more things that I didn't um, learn in the other previous books. Yeah. So it was my evolution into the urine therapy teachings. It looks like there's a translation here. Someone did something in China. 
a Japanese yes. version. Yes, well, the, book, the books are also, some of the books are translated into Japanese, Portuguese, German, French, Spanish, and right now someone's um, translating into Mandarin, so we can bring that to the Chinese communities. That's going to be a big one right there. A lot of deep secrets in that culture, the sleeping giant, the billion and a half people, you know, the Western people are brought up to fear China, fear what those people have been up to for all these years. You know, it's just sad. You know, we need to learn from other cultures. Yep. We share the planet. We can share our cultures. We can share our religions we can share our our understandings of life yeah that would be great great planet to live on yeah the john lennon song imagine you know written by dick gregory on a napkin and handed to john and said hey you're the singer take this and run yeah i used to be a student of dick gregory you know that he ran uh, 90 miles with victoria skavinskis from chicago to new york while fasting no i didn't know that yeah, some of the early books, they talk about how he was really fit. Before he became a political satirist and comedian, uh, he was involved with Victoria Skavinskis in the live food movement for just a little bit. How do you spell Victoria last name there? Victoria's is V-I-K-T-O-R-A-S. Kolvinskis is K-U-L-Vinskis. V-I-N-S-K-A-S, something like that. And what was his significance in history? Victoria's? Yeah. Oh my God, Victorus was a guy who brought uh, uh, sprouting uh, to the planet in live foods. He was working with Anne, Dr. Ann Wigmore in her little place in Boston. And he wrote the book, which was one of my Bibles, Survival in the 21st Century. And he teaches all kinds of ways of living the lifestyle of, you know, either raw foods. And he talks about yoga, and he talked about tantra, and he talked about these uh, long, long, long-lived human beings. And that's Victoria Skavinskis. He's still alive. He's 93. He's doing yoga, and he's got a retreat center in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. He's still very active. Yeah, Costa Rica seems to be a happening place. Yeah, it does seem to happen in place. There's a and lot there, of, you know, Harry people. went there, and, um, and, and Rachel Rinstraw, who uh, used to be uh, like an um, animal, planet-type Emmy Award-winning uh, animal thing uh, was her thing and she talked about going to Costa Rica doing retreats um, Mm -hmm. and Harry says it's a great culture down there you you can get a lot stuff a lot of stuff done that you can't do in the west as far as like you know when the police pull you over whatever you can just give them some bucks and leave you alone and live free live off the land easier and of course your own medicine easier you know yep and I don't know about the politics out there, uh, but uh, everybody seems to see it's just a lovely place. I mean, there's some other countries that people have gravitated to and have set up, you know, lifestyles and retreats. And it's great to know that people are doing it. Yeah. Well, continue. Tell us more about your your books that you've written. Uh, the other book, which the one that started off, was in 2017 called The Inescapable Quotes with Inescapable Artwork. And these were just uh, inspiring ideas and insights I had about the human mind and and creating a a quality of life for yourself. So it's scattered with all these gems and jewels uh, along with my artwork. And I've been an artist since I was six years old. And art has been my longest form of free therapy. Oh, cool. Yeah, I see the cover here. It's got like a green background, a couple of hands that are folding over each other. Yeah. Yeah. 
art, art therapy and urine therapy. What a great hand in hand there. Yeah, there's a pun in there too somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm reading your, your description here uh, of that particular book. Uh, well, you got a lot out there. And keep telling us more. There are two books, actually three books that have been hovering around me, but I haven't stopped enough because I'm on my creative overload with what I'm doing on the planet right now, including what we'll get to as the retreat center. And the two books, the three books, the one is called uh, The Inescapable Book. Yeah, you'll have to buy it by the name, right? It's inescapable. And it, it talks about... <laughs> It talks about everything that's inescapable, that's already presented by the universe, inescapable health, inescapable joy, inescapable prosperity. And that's the inescapable book series. The other book series is called There Is No Box. And so it teaches you how to think out of the box of all different things. I'm not going to go into detail. And then the last book we just started hovering around me about three months ago is called The New Human, The New Humanity. I like that. Yeah, after the rescue, or after, you know, we take back our area here, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to need manuals to, to, to go on with that. You know, what a shock for everyone to find out some of these established narratives all of our lives and just turn out to be nothing but control elements to keep us, you know, dumbed down, dampered, withheld. You know, religio, yep. Latin, means to withhold. Yep. Uh, but and it, it breaks up the family. I was raised with television. We had news playing when we had dinner, right? And here comes the kids back from school. They want to share their adventure. What happened with school, blah, blah, blah. Their ups, their downs, their frustrations, their fights, whatever. And dad comes home from work and mom's tired because she's been taking care of the house and the clothes and the kids, blah, blah, blah. And we're sitting there listening to the news. And when that's over, we wash the ditches and we camp in front of the TV for four hours. Johnny Carson comes on, we go to bed. I mean, we were dumbed down from early on. Oh yeah, distracted. Uh, you know, and, and if you're involved in a religious uh, group of any kind, now that we have youth activity night. We have Wednesday night Bible study. We have uh, Monday night family home evening for certain religions. On the weekend, you're going to be helping the neighbor down the street move, and then you're going to try to witness to them. Uh, you have no time. You really have no time. It's like that license plate I saw once. It said two B Z two P. Great, great. So yeah, we have to we have to get our priorities straight. And it, it seems that all the world throws at us is all distractions to take us away from our inner joy and our inner peace and our connection to the divine. Why do you think folks like uh, the guys who get together and do kirtan and chanting and and decrees do it so often? Because they want their mind and their consciousness and their whole life to be filled with that essence and that presence and not be confused or um, hook, hooked away by the world and all its glittery things and seductive things and uh, mm -hmm. sensual things. The, the seven syllable mantras, diet, Pepsi, seven, diet, Pepsi, seven, diet, cherry, seven, not diet, cherry, seven. I used to do that to free that your was mind. A mantra? Huh? That was a mantra. Yeah, it was the seven syllables, and we were in a class, oh. and I said, well, let me just pick this, diet, Jerry, seven, that's seven, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. And it worked, you know, clears your mind. Like, when you go mow the lawn, when you used to mow the lawn, boy, yeah. doesn't your mind focus on stuff you never talk about or think about when you're in front of the boob tube? 
You're just staring yeah. at, you know, the lawnmower and the grass, and you're just like, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of being in school. None of that material is useful. It's just a way to put you down into the rat race and, and you know, have you follow the program, you know, of school and marriage and jobs and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with critical thinking or learning to know yourself. It would have been nice to have a, a, a class or two in high school on the stock market. Such an important thing coming up soon in our lives. As much as it is, uh, you know, wealth built, material wealth building, not really the real wealth, but material wealth nonetheless. You, you know, you're ignorant, you, but you knew algebra. Algebra, oh yeah, we use algebra every day, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I need a slide rule for what? <laughs> But I really honor the folks that were raised as Amish and Quakers. They never knew what a television was. They never knew what modern technology was. And they turned out just fine. And they were loving souls and great family-oriented. Uh, same with a lot of Hawaiians. I've been, in, I've been enjoying meeting with the folks who've been born and raised here, you know, for generations. This is their world. And they really don't appreciate the outer world coming in and polluting this place. And bring in missionaries and stealing land. That's why that old um, sovereignty movement started 60 years ago. Because the Hawaiian kingdom is a Hawaiian kingdom. It doesn't need interference by the U.S. government. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one that's kind of strange, you know. I mean, here's an island nation. Let's go take it over and make it one of the states. You know, butter them up. Hey, you can be a state. And what kind of state will we put them in, you know? In 2018, Jim Carrey's over there. They got this fake nukey nuke. Ah, you got 20 minutes to get your ass in a hole. You know? And it's mm-hmm. like the poor Hawaiian people threatened with this stupid nuke from North Korea. It takes 20 minutes to get there. You know, I've done a whole podcast on this. Does it show? Oh, but, okay. But why didn't they have that in Oklahoma? Why didn't they have that in the breadbasket of some kind of a nuke coming in? Well, it's because, you know, you're isolated. The island is out there. Same reason for Pearl Harbor. You know, well, that's a whole other conversation, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I told you I need to be deprogrammed here. Well, that's okay. The reason I see, I, I have to admit that I did go down the conspiracy rabbit hole pretty darn deep and saw the big picture. And in 1990, my wife and I are going, let's get the hell out of the United States. So we ended up going to New Zealand. Right, and we did our song and dance for six months. I was about to get a work permit extended another six months, and then something changed, and we took our the other half of our ticket and moved to Hawaii. And after slowing down, decompressing, we realized the problem was not with the United States government; it was with all governments. Yeah, there you go. And then the United States looks gorgeous when you have the right perspective. Yeah, I would say that part again. The United States looks gorgeous when you have the right perspective and appreciation. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I went through that too. I didn't choose New Zealand as my uh, geographical cure. I was looking at South Africa, met somebody online, and I was like, I'm getting ready to move. I'm thinking about shipping my car over there and all my stuff. Then I find out that there's Uber drivers over there getting beaten hit the baseball bat because local taxi drivers don't want that crap going on. And then right. you just realize it's all over. You're right. It's all over. These six wonderful consonants by now, thousands of years, have been, you know, it's a stranglehold. So it really doesn't matter where you go. So you need to find your bliss and find right. some place, like I think you have now, the, the peaceful islands, 
to just live your life the best way you want and can and try to get the message out at the same time. Yeah. Well, here in, uh, here in Kauai, they're very Wi-Fi friendly. And so I can conduct uh, international business sitting on a beach chair looking at the ocean like I did about a month ago. And you know, I'm sitting on the ocean, and I've got on a cell phone, i got a Wi-Fi signal, and I'm having a multi-million dollar conversations with two guys collaborating on a product. I'm going, this is the life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And more power to you, sir. I mean, you've got you've got the history. You've, you've lived there. You've been there. You've done that about the T-shirt. And now you've taken the T-shirt off and you've flung it in the sand and you're watching the sun go up and down. Um, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm so glad now you've gotten to this stage after all the hard work and tears and, you know, the things that you fought through. Um, yeah. It's just beautiful. Um, so I encourage listeners, yeah, go to Amazon, buy every one of his books, buy them all, but make a library, learn, do this, and share with other people what you found. Um, help help people like Brother Sage to do what he's doing. He's a genuine article. This is not some scam. This is, this is getting back to where we need to be, our source. Our source is. Um, that's great. So Let me throw out a quick shameless promotion. Between now and the end of September, all my books are 40% off. Well, if anybody want, wants to stock up and, and give them as gifts, then reach out to me directly. I'm sure Art will have my email or some contact, even if you put brothersage.com. Reach out to me, and uh, we can we can ship it anywhere in the world. All you got to do is cover a shipping and any sort of tax, and you can get it 40% off. That's great. Yeah, awesome. Uh, on that note, yeah. Not, not shameless at all. I mean, this is this is information needs to get out there. Sometimes if you don't toot your own horn, everybody drives by and they'll never hear you. <laughs> yeah, they never know where you're driving. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about now. You're making some major, major um, innovation. Uh, you know, a new thing going on right now. You you've got this idea and you're starting formulating. You're starting to get some fundraising on this center. Right there on the island that you're at now? Yes. So you're you wanting to break ground, you want to build this facility. And when I first heard you describing it, I was thinking of Elvis Presley's place he went to there in uh, California to just be, uh, you know, peaceful. Uh, he always used to hang out there. It was a garden, you know. And um, But tell us about what you're trying to do there with this center. Okay, this all was the result of a vision or a dream that came to me or was gifted to me in 2016. And uh, it wasn't until April this year that I saw, I saw the structure, I saw the potential, I saw the possibility. So I, I got rid of most of my stuff, bought a one-way ticket, and here I am on Kauai almost five, six months later. And the whole idea is to create a safe oasis away from people's distractions and sickness and and their mental and emotional problems. So they can come there, find their peace again, clean out their body, because we're gonna do purification and, and uh, detoxification uh, techniques, uh, massages, enemas. We're gonna have spiritual components of chanting, sitting out by fires, open discussions. Uh, well, let me give you a definition of the word retreat that makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe it will for you as well. Uh, the word retreat to me means to to pull away or take time away from the way you've been treating yourself and treating others 
until life becomes a treat again. Then you can go back into life, into the world. I like that. So it's designed to be a sacred spot, uh, a, a place of high, high vibe. When you walk on the property, you're going to feel things happening and start to relaxing. I, I experienced such a lovely uh, property on Sunday called Soul Projects here in Kauai. And so it's going to be funded by individuals as a grassroots movement, or there's going to be an angel philanthropist that's going to show up who really gets what this is all about and decides to maintain it with her, him or her uh, money. And so we came up with this fundraising idea, F-U-N, fundraising idea, how we can generate millions of dollars a month without the need of the system, without GoFundMe and fundraisers and crowdsourcing and grants and U.S. interference, by having people uh, become a member into this uh, retreat center and get newsletters and get all kinds of special prizes and gifts, and I'll explain one of them right now, by just simply committing to two, two to five dollars a month. Okay? So that's pretty doable for most people, right? Right, yeah. Right. So we have a million plus people donating two to five million dollars a month. We can maintain it. We can fix it up. We can market it. We can even offer round trip free tickets to people, you know, do contests and stuff. And so it's designed to be user friendly. It's designed to even, uh, we even want to create scholarships for people who cannot afford to stay for a week to a month and do the programs and, and, and be there on property. We're going to do whatever we can to help people get home to themselves. So when they go out in the world, they will feel uh, more connected to themselves and to the divine. Okay. So a, a startup um, like this requires probably some initial, initial larger funding just to get it, you know, put together the business model, break ground, build the facility. Is anything like that uh, right now connected? I, 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 under, I understand and appreciate the donations, the small incremental donations over a large amount of people that certainly will maintain it, keep the lights on, stuff like that. But what physically investing-wise, have you got some people out there that are attracted to this? They're circling me. They haven't landed yet. Mm -hmm. However, somebody sent me a link to a property that was for sale. It was 8.3 acres. It had a huge dining hall with a stage. It had dormitories where it holds 25 people, an outdoor gardening, and a sweat lodge, and a cold plunge, and a walk to the beach for $2.9 million. And it looked like it would be ideal, except it was on the wrong island. Which island was it on? It's on the big island. Oh, the big island. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't guided there. It's a different energy than Kauai. Yeah, yeah. So And so when I let go of that form, I realized, okay, I got a great visual. Now let's just keep building on that. Yeah, nothing lost there. You got a model in your mind. Just duplicate it where, where you need it to be. Right. right, which means there are retreat centers that are being sold on the island that I may not know about yet. Oh, yeah. Because people, their lives change. They sell things. They move away. There's all kinds of scenarios, and that's doable. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, I, I'm pulling up the island on a map here online, and I'm kind of looking at it. Um, it's pretty, I mean, in size, 
comparison to the, the, I guess they call it the big island, it looks pretty much like, um, I don't know, maybe uh, about the same size, maybe just different shape. It's more circular round versus the big island is more like a boot or something. Yes. Now, this island is different from the other islands in the fact that, A, it does not have a road that encircles the entire island. So you can't just drive around the whole island. You've got to go back the other direction. Two, two, it doesn't have an active volcano going on. And three, unlike Maui, there's only eight five-star hotels here. Maui has 177. Whoa. I didn't know that. Right. And so I seldom see construction on the island, except maybe somebody's fixing up their house. But there hasn't been much new construction since Hurricane Iniki came through in 1990. There's a lot of vast open wilderness there. There is. So uh, it's just great to be able to do the hikes and the trails and the waterfalls and do the, you know, do the sightseeing thing and uh, kayak on the river and go down to the beach. I mean, there's enough to last you a lifetime of adventure and new discovery. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about it, since it is an island isolated from thousands of miles of open water, it's, it's not like, hey, let's go to Dallas and bring up some lumber, you know. So it's costly just to get things there to build with. I mean, that's the cost, really, isn't it? Yeah, anything that's not grown here or made here or shipped here. So, you know, a lot of people have found ways to use the, the indigenous plants and the invading plants or whatever is out here and turn that into material that they can use. Like, bam so, is there bamboo there? Lots of bamboo, yep. Yeah, that's strong stuff there. That can be as strong as steel treated properly. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what's what's great about my diet and other people who are like playing with live foods and fruitarianism is that there's not only abundance of fruit, avocados, papaya, mangoes, durian, cacao, uh, lemons, uh, figs, you name it. Um, but a lot of the neighbors, they have more than they need and they just assume you come by and help yourself and it rot fall and rot. That's great. That cuts way back on the food costs. Yeah, it does. And that, and since the, and you're living here in this pristine uh, environment and it's clean for the most part and the ocean has uh, life-giving properties and nutrients in it, uh, it's not hard to be a fruitarian here, but you know, for most people who want to be a fruitarian, they got to clean up their diet from years of bad food choices. So how would people who are new to this, excited about it, but hearing about it on this interview, how would they physically be a part of the one, two, three, four, five dollar club? Is there a URL set up if they go to your brothersage.com site? What what do the people do? Well, some people go to they simply go to brothersage.com forward slash donations. And you can start sending donations there. Uh, what we haven't set up is a website. I'm looking for someone who can do this kind of thing. A page that can create uh, subscriptions for memberships, levels of uh, participation for members, uh, reoccurring payments, which will keep being withdrawn from their account until they decide to stop it. Uh, that kind of technology is going to be helpful. Oh, yeah, yeah. So as the listeners listen, this is burgeoning. It's new. Uh, a good time to get on board if you're one of those 900 million because this podcast, of course, like everybody's, has the potentiality going all over these six lands that we live in. And yeah. get on board with this. Start donating. Um, I'm sure you're going to keep track of people 
with names if they want to be an official membership, enter the contest. Uh, how do you enter the contest? What's the contest going to be about? Well, we're going to need their names and their email because we're going to be producing a newsletter at least once a month or more that has the updates of what's going on with the purification. Now, the name, I might have said it before, I'll say it again, the Purification and Retreat Center of the Pacific. I like so that. we're going to go. It's you like it? Good title, P P Purification and Retreat Center of the Pacific. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we're going to have a newsletter that's going to give people updated information, new content, writers, videos, resources. One of the contests is to be able to win an all-expense-paid visit to stay a week at the center. That'd be cool. Because people, um, we're going to ask people, to, we may offer three-day, but I think you need at least seven days to decompress from your normal life. You know, give yourself a chance to pull all that off of your body and the energy you're storing onto. So we're going to offer it in seven-day, 14-day, 21-day, and 30-day uh, versions. So there's an airport I noticed there, Lihu. Uh, Lahui Airport Lihu. is the, the only airport on the island. So people can come in there, directly fly in. Once mm -hmm. established, and then you can go north or south depending on what direction you're headed. Mm -hmm. That's great. Do, do those flights come directly from like the mainland, like LAX or other cities in the mainland? Yeah, they either come from LAX, Seattle, San Diego, wherever they're routed from. And mm -hmm. there used to be a time where everybody had to first stop at Honolulu International Airport and then take inter island airplanes to the other islands, and that's changed over the years. Okay, so cool. You can directly land right there yeah and it's not expensive as you think what's what blew me away is i found a one-way ticket for two hundred dollars wow that i know everybody's thinking it's going to be eight hundred it's going to be a thousand dollars well if you're willing to take a kind of a flight where you might be laid over in san diego for eight hours i was fortunate i had a student there who <laughs> let me stay with him for six hours um then that's kind of, that comes with the cheap flights yeah San Diego, I, I grew up there as a small kid. Uh, my dad uh, worked at one of the contracted places for the moon uh, shot. And I found out later that San Diego County uh, had free of fluoride water for everybody uh, for like 30, 40 years. And then wow. the time I was living there as a kid, I was like four months until like five years. And then mm -hmm. I found out that the EPA wrote them all a letter and said, well, you can continue to not put fluoride in your water supply, but we're just going to fine you like $70,000 a month or a week to do that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. wow, what a rotten trick. I know, <laughs> that's how they bully them. And when I interviewed from across the other pond or, you know, the other way over there uh, in, in Birmingham before I interviewed Harry, I had a man who went by Tim Foyle, of course, pseudonym, and he told me at the end of the interview that they're now, and this is like, I don't know, a year ago, introducing um, that island nation. They're putting fluoride in the water supply now. They're starting to pour it in where it wasn't before. Mm -hmm. So how does urine yeah. detox? Let's get back on that subject. Does it detox like watermelon juice does? Does urine detox some of these chemicals? Well, urine does detox chemicals over time with a holistic approach, and this has been my, um, my approach to wellness uh, all these many years, is in order to get the best results out of any healthcare practice and modality, you have to balance mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual uh, areas of your life. 
So you just can't be drinking urine therapy, but still eating like crap and have a bad attitude. So you have to, you know, put all this together in a way that you get the results and you could build a wellness practice for a lifetime. A lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Superhumanize yourself. Superhumanize yourself and reverse aging and do all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, that song by you too. I want to go where the streets have no names. Of course, you know they're referring to the the heavenly realm uh, theory. But this is a place where streets have no names. When you reverse age, when you're detoxing, when you're putting stem cells back into your body that you had from day one, and, you know, your insight, your cognition, your peace and freedom, it's beautiful. I guess you could call it heaven on earth type thing. It feels that way, particularly if, you know, you have an all-time faith about how things are supposed to play out without interfering with uh, the details in your life, it gets to be more magical. Oh, yeah. And this is what I like to play in. Some people say, Sage, you're positive. You're also positive all the time. I said, that's a choice. I chose it. <laughs> and the center, the, 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 the center there, the Pacific Center that you're planning, will enable people to come to this facility and be able to focus on rethinking, reinventing their lives. And I guess the, oh, yeah. the takeaway is when you go back from whence you came from, after your week or so, you're staying here, you take those principles with you. And, of course, your library of books are great guidance to help people maintain it in, in another land where they don't uh, have the peace. Mm -hmm. Well, it's an inside journey. So once they've tapped in and accessed it, it's the same with anybody who's doing work on themselves on this planet. Uh, once you've tapped into peace and a calm and a sanity of yourself, uh, that's when that's when the work starts. It's not like you hit nirvana and you you tapped into enlightenment. No, the work is maintaining your your state of mind every minute of every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nirvana. You know, I read about the Bodaic thought on that is you know it's like the Buddha's kind of sick of this uh, reincarnation thingy, kind of getting old here to keep reincarnating. So. They said, reach that state of nirvana. But wait a minute, hold, hold on just a second. It sounds like just another way of saying go to heaven. Yeah, well, there are people who claim they've hit enlightenment and they've, they've, they've become a more aware or woke up. Uh, and then there are some people who are spiritually bypassing and into cognitive dissonance. And it ain't the case because you pick up, you know, if you pick up people's disharmonious thoughts and emotions and they really secretly have judgments and rage, they ain't got it. Yeah, yeah. I hear this often here in the south of the U.S. mainland. Um, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship. And I'm like, um, with religion? You know, what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people say all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> so, really, yeah. I guess the main yeah. thing is, it's not really so much a relationship, which, to me, connotates an impersonal family member or whatever but when you think about the source that made everything and us it's beyond relationship it's oneness or to grab a biblical term at one with atonement when you're one with and isn't that true peace that's true peace it's the absence of fear yeah i love it the absence of anxiety is the absence of concern and people are 
on concern overdrive right now. I mean, the state of the world right now and how they hook you in is with fear and hope, mm-hmm. right? Here comes the new savior, or it's going to be Trump, or it's going to be Christ, and somebody outside of you is going to save you. But mm-hmm. you can't rely on that because you have to save yourself from your own thoughts makes you responsible for what goes on in your life and what you're attracting. And the only way to transform your life and deliberate yourself is to raise the quality of your thoughts. It's an age-old trick. Stoicism was just that. Grind people between hope and fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and it works so well. It's just repackaged over the years now, uh, a different form of that. Um, but there yeah, is no new. fear. There's no need for hope or faith when you're already one with everything you need. When your head comes off the pillow every morning and you have literally everything you ever will need, it's just glorious. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But it's well, hard. I, I, I used to study with these uh, uh, martial arts uh, masters. And they, like in, in Taekwondo and Qigong, and some of them would teach you the way to win a a battle with an opponent is to bring them to balance because when you bring them to balance there's no fight in them they realize it was it was for nothing yeah. and some people do it by just whoever comes approaches you and this i'm a student of the course in miracles okay so the course in miracles simply says this is how you can read people really fast and not be reactive to whatever they bring to you in the very moment people are only saying one of two things they're either saying i love you or help me, I'm scared. So when someone looks like they're in attack mode or they're criticizing you, you don't have to take it personal. That's them projecting on you. And if you get sucked into it, you're down. They, they can take you out. So you have to just bring love to whatever the situation is. Yeah. And really, it has a lot to do with destroying your ego. Then you'll be able to see how to help someone who's trapped in a ego sphere themselves, and mm-hmm. it's along along the same lines of that uh, that speck of sawdust and the beam in the eye type of thing. Um, but it takes a lifestyle of really researching, awakening, waking up to 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 knowing yourself. You know, know thyself to realize the ego is in the way. It's hard yeah, to do. It's not something that we have to kill. People used to think you have to destroy your ego. And what you have to do is um, make peace with it, know it when it shows up, and just don't give it any more energy. It was actually it was um, Wayne Dyer who came up with an acronym, Easing God Out, or Earth Guide Only, was his acronym for ego. Easing God Out. out or Earth Guide Only. Earth Guide only what what does that mean earth guide only um it can guide you through challenges and situations on earth but it's not it's not something that you bow to okay yeah because the people who are on ego overdrive become narcissists right the people use ego as a form of motivation and inspiration because i i put myself out there every day i'm doing live streams i'm doing local work international work and it's so easy to go, oh, I've written books. I'm somebody important. Well, that don't mean shit. People <laughs> want to know that you care about them. Right. That's good. And and then you can have clarity to help and work with someone who's new, uh, skeptical, yeah. fearful, and hopeful. Um, yeah, just, and curious. Yeah, curious. It's like 
at one point, you know, when you're one with the one that made everything, and, and the ego is not there to kind of buffer you, but you just realize, like that, uh, the flotation in the salt water with your senses deprived, you, you, you're able to zone out all that stuff and really focus in on the important things, helping this person to awaken seed planting. I'm so terrible at seed planting. I want to take the seed and shove it down their throat and hopefully it'll miraculously wake them up on the spot, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. We want to fast track people. Yeah. Patience, right? Um, patience is a virtue. Now, if you live in Hawaii, you're definitely going to learn patience because things change so quickly it will either, you'll either have breakthroughs or breakdowns. And I see this happening all the time. Somebody called me up and wanted to get a couple of massages from me. I didn't have a massage table. You know, I'm kind of new here. I borrowed someone's table. And then somebody caught my post on one of these telegram groups and said, you can borrow my table. And here I am trying to hook onto it. Oh, great, I can borrow her table. And then she says, wait, the headrest is broken. And so I call up my client. I said, I do just a good massage on the floor on a rug. And she says, she says, no, that's a deal breaker. So the moment I let go of that, 30 minutes later, somebody who I gave a treatment to once says, oh, I'm moving off island. You can get my massage table for $50. <laughs> <laughs> that, you just can't write this stuff. It's just handed no, no. to you. <laughs> and you, you just got to watch it like an observer or it'll mess your head. Mess with you. That's great. I'm, I'm going to get this... Uh, uploaded with minimal editing pretty quick here because you got a lot of stuff coming up here quickly and you mentioned earlier in this interview that there's some live stuff coming up real soon class oriented stuff oh yes um, tell um, us about that i'm trying to get this uploaded in the next 48 hours so people can learn about that now, do you want me to announce it or just wait yeah for you tell, tell me the details and plus we're going to link it in the show notes excellent excellent so tomorrow and Tomorrow's Wednesday, and, tomorrow, and on Thursday is the start of two separate urine therapy training courses. These are five weeks, 15-hour uh, worth of training. You get handouts, charts. Um, the textbook is the Manual for Urine Therapy Teacher. If you sign up before class, you'll save $50. It's normally $300 or $600 for a couple. So if you, if you prepay, it's $250 for an individual or $550 for a couple. And at the end of the training, you get a certificate of completion in urotherapy. Cool. And so that's coming up starting tomorrow and Thursday. So people can either do five Wednesdays or five Thursdays. Okay, good. So if I don't get this uploaded by tonight or tomorrow, then it's ongoing. Could they make up the courses they miss after the fact? Yeah, some people actually dropped in because they only had time for like two or three of the courses. Okay. Good. That makes Each me one is an individual course. Now, my consultation services are still available for people worldwide. I get calls from one guy called me up from from India, six in the morning. He didn't know Hawaiian time, uh, and I had I shake my head and go, "Okay, I have called to serve, and I, I got myself in game, my my brain in the game. We did a consultation for an hour, so I'll consult with anyone on the planet uh, if they're interested in, in learning awesome. how to heal yourself and get a lifestyle that that'll carry you through life." Okay, I'm, I'm imagining you have some type of outline or syllabus for the courses. Do you mind sharing us just highlight key points, what you will cover? And it's you said it's five days? Five 
days in a series of Wednesdays or Thursdays. Okay. Each class is either three hours or one of the classes is four hours. Okay. And you're gonna learn you're gonna learn the history of urine therapy. You're gonna learn um, what's in urine. You're gonna learn uh, what kind of conditions are treated, how to create general treatment suggestions. We're not doctors, I, I didn't do a disclaimer, but I'm not a doctor, I'm not a trained medical person. So um, it's it's a very, you're gonna learn um, protocols. There's 25 topical protocols from doing eye rinses, nasal rinses, ear rinses, enemas, foot soaks, fasting. There's 25 of them that have been, including a nebulizer, which is phenomenal for vaporizing small particulates up into your brain to clear the, the third eye. Yeah. And uh, you're gonna learn um, how to talk to doubters and naysayers, uh, how to bring comedy into the conversation of something that people might consider controversial or outside of their realm. Um, and a peak, uh, let's see, resources, different teachers, therapists, and uh, the peak of the future of where the movement's going. So it's not just Brother Sage speaking here. <clears throat> you have also other, I guess you could say, teachers, professors that come in and speak to the class. No, they won't be in the class, but uh, I've had a lovely time being able to have Zoom calls with them and get to know, you know most of the major teachers. Uh, I, I reference them and share some of their writings. Uh, when we do the World Urine Therapy conference calls or the urine therapy Q&As, sometimes they're guest speakers and they show up on those calls. Okay, great. When you have access to their material, though, you sprinkle that in along with yours. That's good. Yeah. You get other perspectives because, you know, out of 900 million people earlier, you mentioned we got a bunch of people with a bunch of protocols and knowledge. Um, that thing that you mentioned um, in one of the YouTube videos, the plunger-type hypodermic that goes, fits, form fits to the nostril, I got yeah. one of those. And prior to the, our interview, I did a mixed, aged, fresh. And huh? you're right, it does sting. And I waited for the three seconds. It was more like five. But anyway, <laughs> it was wonderful. My energy level just went through the roof. Clarity is beautiful. And, you know. Well, I encourage people to not just do the oral, but experiment with all the topicals. And the next best thing is the nasal snorting, sniffing, drinking, however you get it up into your nose, because there's actually a passageway behind the nose bone that drops into the throat without going through the mouth. And the reason everyone's doing it, and I learned from one of the best, which was Samuel Cohen out in Israel. And what it's doing is it's rehydrating all these dehydrate, these dry sinuses, our five different cavities. And as it crosses a blood-brain barrier, it accesses the pineal gland, which is calcified in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to wake up your third eye. And, you know, I came up with an idea of rather than calling it the number three eye, I like to refer to it as the first. And yeah. I think there's a biblical precedent for that. The single eye, if there's if it's lighted, if you have light in your eye, how great is that light? How great is the darkness type of thing? So they talk about the single eye. And that made me want to think, well, let's just make that number one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't need to have it second place. Okay. <laughs> Third place. But the, the bottom line is, you're right, it is calcified, especially in this suppressed West. The Flintstones, chewable vitamins. Let's start early, right? Oh, we have done everything short of killing ourselves. Now, as a matter of fact, I have to have 
compassion and empathy when I go to the beach uh, here in Kauai, because I would say 75 to 80 percent, maybe even larger, of the tourists are overweight and constipated. Mm, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And the people who are thin, like me, are the folks who live here because they exercise a lot and they eat more tropical foods than the kids. And also, uh, urine itself has an effect on dissolving adipose tissue over time. I've noticed that Good. myself. Um, I mean, I you know, they used to call me Titty Boy when I was 10 years old. You know, how cruel. But I've noticed right. that my man boobs are starting to go from a D cup down to, what is it, like A? Is there an A cup? I don't know. I don't wear a bra. But I'm seeing yeah. some physical empirical difference in my body. Yeah. Um, talk about a weight loss program with benefits. Very much so. And, and any of that uh, transformation that you've gone through, are, I would love to get testimonials from you so we can share with the community. Oh, definitely. Love to do that. And I'll show you my little photograph of my toe, my toeology. <laughs> the history of the toe. Oh, boy. You know, you know somebody like me, um, my blood sugar level is not in a measurable state for the pharmaceutical industry. It kind of blows people's minds. When I show them that toe healing itself within 30 days, and it was nasty when I, I trimmed too close to, too close to the uh, nail with my clippers and mangled that poor guy. But with my blood sugar level as high as it is in a diabetic state of mind and my A1C off the charts, my feet should be cut off, not healing. Well, everything's healable. Yeah. And I soak every day, every day, the urine that I expel, that I don't save for drinking or other purposes, I put literally in a big mop bucket overnight. And in the morning, I soak those puppies at least 10 minutes to start the day. And yep. I think that helps. Well, you mentioned putting in a bucket. Uh, I also want to address that people say, they ask all the time, what's the best way to store your urine? Of course, glass is the most preferred way, but if you live in Africa in places where all they have is plastic, it's a mute point. You do whatever you can. But some people, they'll put on, they're covered with cheesecloth, flax seed, a flax bag, a sprouting bag, uh, nylon stocking, a coffee filter, or just screw on the lid. And you see, the only reason you cover it is so nothing flies in there. Uh, it's so sterile and so alchemical, nothing can destroy it or contaminate it. So the people who have six month, one year, five year, ten year, whatever year stored urine, they screw on the lid and it's just fine when they start to use it. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I'd heard it's a breathing fluid. It's a living, breathing water uh, and it shouldn't be completely suffocated. But you're saying now it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. One of the things you're going to learn, and if anybody wants a copy of the Shibamba Wisdom Chart, I will send you one. But in there, it says that it works regardless of your considerations. It works regardless of if you use a man's urine, a woman's urine, a doll, a child, a different race, a different species. It doesn't matter. It's a universal panacea. And it has consciousness and has information. And it works. There's Me and Harry talked about this, about the stem cell ness or not in fresh or aged. And I don't know. When are we going to get some research on that? Wouldn't it be great to know? Well, it just so happens that our organization in Boulder got together with Dr. Group and Dr. and excuse me, Jonathan Otto, and and they were going to help fund this project. And we were working with some university, Wake Forest, who did 
who did a study on stem cells of urine uh, to look into aged urine and what are the stem cells and what is the human uh, potential. Uh, and uh, that's, that seems to be on hold right now, but we started putting the energy into that project. Well, that's great. I, I can't wait for this burgeoning project to, to manifest and we get to see the results of the analysis because mm -hmm. it's so important and, and wonderful to know that you can literally, what's that sh share uh, song? I can turn back time. Oh, please don't make me sing share. I don't make it, but yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> and we have that ability, our own perfect best medication all along. And I tell people the other day, I said, look, 20,000 years ago, 30,000 years ago, where was CVS? Where was the Walgreens pharmacy? Where, was, where were any of these pharmacies? How did we survive? Yeah. I mean, if we didn't have all these wonderful, miraculous pharmaceuticals like we do today, you know, tongue in cheek, 20,000 years ago, those people should have died out without all that. Big Pharma couldn't save them. But no, we did survive. Here we are, 8 billion that we know of. Yeah, we survived. And like I said earlier in the show, that we have a human spirit that goes beyond understanding. Oh, yeah. People who are and this is the people that I work with to get the results, the people who have a strong desire to make the changes and save themselves and have a life of quality. The people who come to urine therapy that don't do their work and don't make any changes have a tough time trying to make it. Oh, yeah. you got to be committed to yourself and to your well-being. Well, it's been wonderful uh, talking about these things here today. Um, is there Sorry. anything else you want to cover before we maybe shut it down. Um, urine therapy is such a miraculous water, or the water of life, some call it the nectar of immortality. It has such sustainability and such ability to, for you to thrive on that if they decide to tamper with our food supply and, and destroy our food supply, if you're able to pee in the cup of your hands, you can make it on the planet. Absolutely. How's that for some comforting thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. You know, it brings back to the Holy Grail type of thing. What did that Grail really hold? It wasn't the blood of Christ. What about your own plasma energy, life, blood? Because if you don't have a Grail, like you said, in Africa, they don't have a lot of glass. But what if you didn't have a plastic bucket? You would want a Holy Grail to hold your holy medicine, wouldn't you? <laughs> Anything I would use that I would use a dried up coconut shell or or leaves wrapped into a bowl. There's always something you can do, right? And then you're walking antidote. I, I love the story, and I think it was told about the being allergic to bee stings that Andrew Norton Weber shared. The yellow jacket yeah. sting him, he could die. And then he yeah. talked about if you're out in the woods, and he tried this. You know, put it under the tongue, your urine under your tongue for just a little bit. And it antidotes, and he didn't have any symptomology of the bee sting. And same with poisons of snakes, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining. Uh, poisons out there in the ocean, when they sting you up from the bottom and you don't know what they are, some kind of a freaky fish. I heard it on a Joe Rogan short. It yeah, doesn't matter. Well, You're impervious. You're walking antidote. You're homeop homeopathy, homie. <laughs> well, it's the state. It's the... It's a jellyfish. It's the man of war, and it's so funny because I took a friend to the to the hospital. Oh, I was about twenty seven years ago, and he had jellyfish stings around his shoulders and arms. And we took him to the hospital, and the hospital says, "You know, you could have just put urine on him." 
And we thought we would have loved to just thrown him down and pee on him. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, the remedy is just like the answer to any question. The answer is in the question. The remedy is in the body. Yeah. And look at the word pharmaceutical, right? P-H-A-R-M. Stop. Stop. Remove the P and you get the harm. So true, so true. Well, um, thank you, Brother Sage, uh, for being the guest here today on this interview on Click Here, uh, Hearing, Not the Heard. Um, we've heard a bunch. We've heard a bunch. We're going to put the links that we mentioned in the show notes. I encourage everybody to take advantage of this 40% off at his Amazon library. Go there now, pick them up, and look at donating to make this wonderful center out there in the Pacific uh, reality. Um, any other you final thoughts for the sage? What did we not cover that you want to get out there before we get this uploaded? Last thing I want to cover is no matter what arises you in your life on a day-to-day basis, face it, face it with faith and face it with love. As a matter of fact, when you come into a new relationship or you come in a situation, lead with love first so that your mind and ego don't write stories and interfere with a possible great friendship. Uh, best said, well said, and great way to, to get on out of here for this interview. My guest again has been Brother Sage. Do check out his website, brothersage.com. Also, shivambu.org. Look into the Amazon links. Check this out and help this man get this message even further out there. When you find something that works well, support it, get behind it, and reap the benefits of it as well, I might say. Thanks again, Brother Sage, for being my interview guest here today on Click Here. Mahalo and aloha to you. Back at you. You're in therapy? Oh, heavily. Heavily. Yeah. I have like I three therapists the on the road. What, therapy or urine pools? The urine therapy. I don't drink it. Oh. I just lay in it. I'm not oh. a weirdo. <laughs> Still, that's right. You can drink it. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm happy you could come by here tonight and gross us all out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, I'm just, you know. Isn't there anything you really want to ask me? You know, it's, it's, it seems like we know almost everything there is to know about you. Really? What, yeah, tell us something we don't, don't know, know about goddamn you. Goddamn thing. Yeah, like mm-hmm. what? What? What's the next look? What's the next incarnation? What's the next sort of uh, image? What do we? That's what you want to know? Yeah. No, that's not what you want to know. What are you going to do now? <laughs> what are you going to do after you, the show? Did you know that it's good if you pee in the shower? Seriously. Peeing in the shower is really good if it bites um, athlete's foot. Serious. No, urine is, an, is, like, an, is a, it's like an antiseptic. It's all got to do with your, uh, the enzymes in your body. Don't, don't you know a good pharmacist? <laughs> um, Get yourself some Desinex or whatever that stuff is. I wanted to share something that I knew with you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Still, that's right. You can drink it. All right.
right, Madonna. Well, don't tell me you haven't peed in the shower. <laughs> Everybody pees in the shower. That's Everybody right. Picks their nose. Okay. Now, um, why do we have to be? Why do you keep flashing that card? We, because can't we, we just break the rules? How can you be sure it's not related to the terror? Instinct, experience. When you've been on the mission as long as I have, squatting in rainforests, living off features, drinking your own urine. Why are you drinking your own urine in the rainforest? Delicious, Miss Stone. That's right. You can drink it. Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? Probably not. No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> He's really trying to make me look like a lunatic. No, the was about you doing. Have you tried that? I want to drink your urine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> Well, apparently it works like homeopathy. It's like, you know, like when you plant leaves back into the soil uh -huh. to kind of, you the know, theory that's is, apparently what the it The theory works. is the impurities you flushed out, when you put them back in, it strengthens you against them, I believe. But you can only do it if you're sort of on a really healthy diet. You can't sort of do it if you're having, like, kind of, yeah. you know, mac and cheese and, like, Kentucky Fried yeah. Chicken. It's got to be kind of pure. But you can't have enjoyed it. Did you put ice with it or tonic water? <laughs> but no, can you make it palatable? No, it's, it really is. Like, the first time you do it, it is the most disgusting thing And is it ever. still warm? It's yeah, fresh? it's warm, oh. yeah. Yeah. What are you supposed to do it quickly? So, yeah. just a, so it's just a little bit? Like a shot. Like yeah, a, a shot? You'd <laughs> <laughs> um, never try that? Um, um, I would try it. But you I strike me as I'd... someone that would be quite adventurous. No, but I don't need to try it because I don't believe it would work. So that's why I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but how do you know until you try something that works? I'll tell you why, okay. because it's piss. Um, urine therapy is such a miraculous water. Or the water of life, some call it the nectar of immortality. It has such sustainability and such ability for you to thrive on that if they decide to tamper with our food supply and and destroy our food supply, if you're able to pee in the cup of your hands, you can make it. You're listening to the Click Here podcast, brought to you by New Airways Audio Crowd Productions.